Hello, everyone, and welcome into a fresh edition of the Shy State Pod, the official podcast of Chicago State Cougar Athletics. I'm Sam Brief here in Chicago. Very excited not only for today's podcast, but also for the next few weeks, the next month. That is what a few weeks is, right? A month? The next month of podcasts I think you'll really enjoy. This is an important month, February. It's Black History Month. And here on the Shy State Pod, we'll be doing a Black History Month podcast series featuring different members of the Chicago State community, past and present, talking about something related to Black History Month. And today's guest is Aremu Mbande. Aremu is the program director of the African American Male Resource Center at Chicago State. And as it relates to Black History Month, he's running the committee that's been charged with putting together the Chicago State Black History Month calendar. And there's a theme to Black History Month at Chicago State every year. And this year's theme is We Shall Not Be Moved. Now, Aremu said that this is the most diverse calendar he's ever had in his time at Chicago State because it brings together aspects all over campus, from the Male Resource Center, where he works, to the Latino Resource Center, to career development. There's such an eclectic mix of parties involved in putting this together. And again, the theme is We Shall Not Be Moved. Aremu Mbande, he and I had a great conversation, not only about the calendar, how you can get involved in some of the highlight events, but also about what Black History Month means, especially this year. I'll hand it to Aremu in a second, but first, remember that our partners at BSN Sports, the largest provider of team sports equipment and apparel in the country, would like to thank all the coaches out there who truly are the heart of the game. While BSN Sports is the best at equipping athletes, coaches are the best at equipping lives. And that's the real final score. Learn more about how BSN Sports can save you time off the field by giving you more time to impact lives on it. Call your local BSN Sports sales pro or visit bsnsports.com today. So without further ado, the first of our Black History Month podcast episodes featuring Aremu Mbande. The theme of our um, of our month is we shall not be moved. I think the um, the image, the illustration that the theme represents um, will probably call the entire campus community to contribute to some of the programs that we have going on throughout the month. Um, but as you can imagine, um, from February 2020 to February 2021, um, <laughs> You know, our campus community has experienced, I mean, unimaginable types of transitions. You know, we uh, uh, race rebellions and, and, you know, social unrest mixed with, you know, just an uncontrollable virus that has disproportionately impacted uh, black and brown communities. Um, I think this theme of we shall not be moved uh, reintroduces our um, resilience to uh, uh, you know, facing these types of, you know, eras and, and, and coming out on top. So um, we have a really robust program of events that includes, um, I mean, the athletic program, we have the career development office, counseling, the Latino Resource Center, of course, the African-American Male Resource Center, um, fraternity and sorority life. Um, so we're really trying to, you know, the Department of Foreign Languages, we're really trying to, um, uh, be inclusive and uh, uh, exemplify this idea of we shall not be moved. So, 
Now, Aremu, this graphic you're talking about, it's so powerful. It's a black fist with red and green, and it says, We shall not be moved. And there are protesters and Black Lives Matter signs in the background. It really is very powerful. So can you take me behind the scenes a little bit into the production of this graphic and what the inspiration was? Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> the image, um, well, the primary image uh, on the calendar is a uh, black fist that is painted um, in red, black, and green, which are the colors of um, well, Marcus Garvey, uh, who was over the Universal Negro Improvement Association, uh, led the largest black um, movement in African American history, arguably in African, you know, in African history worldwide. Um, he used these colors to represent uh, the skin, you know, the black skin of black people, red, the blood, the ancestry that connects all of black people, and green, which represented Africa, um, the home base of where we come from. So this hand represents solidarity and resilience. And it is um, uh, uh, almost like in a bracelet um, decorated in a chain that sort of, you know, I mean, you could, if you look at the picture, you can just imagine um, what it is trying to say. And in the in the backdrop, in the background, we have um, you know organizers, activists holding up uh, signs, you know, Black Lives Matter, um, and you know different types of slogans. People with their masks on, so they're organizing. But you you know it's through this pandemic period. So I think the um, you know the illustration uh, was trying to drive home the point that this period, you know, this last year was indeed. Um, an important part of Black history. You know, Black history is an ongoing, um, never-ending sort of movie that uh, uh, different time eras have different cast members. And throughout this last year, a lot of these people were, you know, a lot of these people were nameless, you know, people on the ground, Chicago State students actively involved in, you know, various organizations um, throughout Chicago, truly exemplifying Black history. You know, so for this to be the Black History Month theme, um, you know, and to be, you know, something that we're really trying to promote with all of our programs, I, I think it's going to be a special month, considering that everything is virtual and that um, this last year has been, you know, sort of unpredictable. That was a very poignant thought. And what you said, that Black history is a never-ending movie, really stood out to me. And, and it sort of hits home that... Sometimes when we think of black history, we think way back when. But right now, this last year, was a heck of a year, right? So I'm curious how much of this past year affected your vision and your programming for how to commemorate Black History Month. <clears throat> oh, indeed. You know, I think that this year reinforced to me that true education from a black center perspective must encompass social analysis. It must encompass community organizing, um, relationship building, um, political awareness, you know, all of these intangibles that may not be necessarily um, connected to getting a degree, but are indeed part of the educational processes of Black people. You know, imagine if, for whatever reason, uh, Chicago State just could not, you know, uh, uh, afford itself to uh, have a year of school. And now these students are not in school. 
And for whatever reason, you know, students may be struggling with employment. So now you don't have a job. You don't have, a, you know, uh, uh, you're not in a program and you don't have a job. What types of skills are you going to use in order to survive? And I think that this year showed that our idea of education has to really manifest into survival. You know, um, are you organized? Are you um, uh, uh, involved with, you know, uh, uh, social movements? You know, uh, do you have an analysis that um, stretches beyond um, money? You know, so I think it was a very, very critical period. Um, you know, the uh, George Floyd um, uh, murder, um, I think, was, you know, very significant. Um, of course, you know, the coronavirus race that it impacted our communities. Um, and then, you know, the our, our vice president, you know, um, and, you know, I don't want to, you know, go too political. Um, but I do think that, you know, the imagery and the symbolism is something that is very significant for our community. So, yeah. Right. Just two weeks before Black History Month starts, you see the first Black and South Asian woman putting her hand on a Bible and being sworn in as vice president. That, that's extremely impactful. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. You know, and if if not for anything else, it shows that you can be from wherever, you know, you can be from, Bur I mean, she's from the Bay Area, but you can be from the Black communities in Oakland in the Bay Area or Berkeley. You can be from Chicago. I'm thinking about Michelle Obama. Um, you can be from Washington, D.C. Um, and, you know, those experiences growing up in Black communities for, you know, positive, negative, you know, um, contributes to who you are and how far you can go. Um, so I think it's really special when, um, you know, when politicians, especially at that level, give any sort of remembrance back to the experiences that shape them to be who they are. You know. As you said, black history, it's an ever evolving movie mm. that stood out to me. Mm. What about everything that's happened before last year? And I know everything is a lot, but just. For college students right now, and, and of course, you're organizing the Chicago State Calendar, so we're focused on the college students. For college students and young people, how important is it to just have a big-time understanding of that history? Oh, oh, it, it, it is. Uh, there is a, a Black hist historian named John Henry Clark. He ended up passing away. But I would argue that he is... Um, you know, white people have Howard Zinn, who was a phenomenal historian. Um, you know, John Henry Clark uh, was just for black history and for world history, um, extraordinary. And he has a quote that says something like this. Um, black history is a compass that people use to find themselves on the map of human geography. Black history is a clock that people use to tell their political, social, and cultural time of day. Black history tells a people where they've been and what they've been, where they are and what they are, but most importantly, black history tells a people uh, where they still must go and what they still must be. And I think that that quote really exemplifies, really illustrates the need that, black, that, that history, just in general, 
you know, history of yourself, of your family, and of course of your, you know, your social, cultural, and political realities has on your immediate future and your long-term future. And, um, you know, if you talk about Malcolm X, Dr. Martin Luther King, um, you know, Marcus Garvey, Angela Davis, I mean, you just, you, you pick, you know, even people like Barack Obama, you know, who's a politician, who I am critical about, um, but, you know, has a very serious um, remembrance of his own personal history um, and how that gives you the confidence and the analysis um, to really stretch your ceiling. Oh, it's vital. It's very vital. Yeah, it's that understanding, right? Education defeats ignorance in every context. And something I also want to ask you about, for people like me, I'm a white guy. How important is it for people like me to understand black history? Because I I think it's very important. And mm -hmm. I want to ask that of you. <clears throat> oh, great, great. This is a great question. Um, I would say it is just as important. All right. Um, the history, so black history, black studies, right? It provides a platform to interrogate, critically interrogate the concept of race in general. You know, um, there's a really good book that I read, um, you know, in, in undergrad called How the, I How the Irish Became White. And um, it talked about the racializing processes that um, people who were formally classified as non-white had to go through in order to become white. And, you know, these, these are conversations that are happening in African-American studies classes, you know. Um, but I think for, for white people in general, in, 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 in our country, right, um, whiteness is something that forces assimilation. It may take people who have really rich worldviews, ethnic histories, unique distinctions out of Ireland, Scotland, um, you know, Romania, wherever, right? Um, and leave that home in order to try to jump into this costume of whiteness in America, right? Individualism, um, hierarchy, when really, you know, um, I mean, Europe has just tremendous, tremendous um, histories that unfortunately racism, white supremacy, um, imperialism, capitalism has, has, has minimized. So, you know, I think for white folks, um, black studies and black history can indeed teach them more about themselves, you know, um, and, and their own personal histories, you know, aside from um, the aspects of whiteness. It's incredibly pertinent. I mean, I, I, everything you said, I agree with. Because, I mean, just for me, and I'm only speaking from my own experience, up until this point, this year has really been a flashpoint, at least for me personally. Because up until this point, it was sort of easy, right, for a white dude like me to mm. sit back and say, oh, I'm not racist. Like, I'm not. Mm. And just sort of let the world unfold and be removed from, you know, hot button things and protests and just kind of sit back and say, yeah, like, I'm, I'm obviously not racist. I'm a nice guy. I treat everyone well. But then this year happened and it made me realize that just because you're a nice person and you sit back and you say, OK, like, I'm not racist. I do things the right way. You have to come to a greater understanding. It's about understanding and being able to have empathy and put yourself in others' shoes. If I'm speeding on the highway 
and I get pulled over. All I'm nervous about is getting a ticket and, and losing a couple bucks, right? I'm not worried that the cop is going to shove me on his car and, and put me in handcuffs and that my life might be in danger. I'm not worried about that. All I'm worried about is getting the ticket. And that in itself is a privilege. So this past year, and again, I'm only speaking for myself, it's just kind of made me realize that. And I think having a, a greater understanding of not only what's happening now and what's happening now, as you said, is black history, but what's happened in the past and how important all that is and understanding that helps me understand my place in the world and the privilege that I have doing anything, whether it's driving, walking down the street, anything I do, I know I have that privilege. So uh, it, it's about understanding it. It's just not enough to say I'm not racist. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yes, indeed. You're, you're, you're right. You're completely right. And, you know, um, I think it's a critical moment for, in, in a lot of ways, racial solidarity right now. You know, white people recognizing, wow, I do contribute to this white power structure just by existing, you know, um, just by being alive in America. You know, now what can I do, you know, in terms of funding, um, you know, black and brown grassroots, you know, organizations in terms of spreading awareness, holding, let's say, racist family members accountable, um, you know, for things that they may say or do. You know, um, so I think the the moment right now is really special. Um, and, you know, I, and, and from what I've read, very similar to, you know, what has happened in the 70s. You know, you had radical groups like the Black Panther Party, um, even, you know, more, you know, radical groups like the Black Liberation Army. But you also had uh, groups like Weatherman Underground, which was a, a, a white, you know, uh, socialist, very, very um, uh, uh, socially aware organization that, you know, used a lot of their talents and privileges to try to improve, you know, conditions for all people. Um, so it's cool just to see how history repeats itself. A lot of people, regardless of race, are coming into a consciousness that is definitely going to um, gonna improve the future. And I think Chicago State is central in this type of intellectual activist opportunity. We're in the south side of Chicago. We um, have a tradition rooted in community building, um, you know, I don't think there's a, a better place in Chicago than Chicago State University to have these types of conversations um, on an individual level and on a, you know, mobilized, you know, numeric level. So um, yeah, I'm excited. Just having this conversation is getting me kind of excited. So yeah. <laughs> me too. Me too. Now you brought it back to Chicago State. To what degree does the Black History programming that you've put together help foster these conversations? Oh, I would say um, in a variety of ways. Um, on uh, Tuesday, February 2nd, we have a workshop or a presentation called Say Her Name, Victorious Stories of Black Women in History. And that's going to be a presentation that um, illuminates the different um, contributions and achievements that radical black women throughout history have, um, you know, have done. Angela Davis, Asada Shakur, um, Queen Nzinga, Yas Santawa, people, you know, here in America and throughout the, you know, world um, and their efforts to get us to where we're at today. Um, that's going to be really good. We have something on uh, Thursday, February 4th, 
called Poetry in the African Diaspora. And this is hosted by the Department of Foreign Languages. Um, and it's going to be a poetry slam um, of different students and um, faculty members um, reciting poetry in different languages, right? From Spanish, um, Portuguese, French, Kiswahili, Yoruba, and all these just, you know, diverse um, <laughs> languages uh, uh, trying to put on for, um, you know, Black culture and pride. Um, the Career Development Office is, like I said, hosting a symposium called Social Justice, Community, and Careers. And that is on February 9th. And I think the focus of that is to show students that you can infuse professional development and professional uh, mobility with social activism. You know, there are jobs and careers available that allow you to work on both, you know, to provide for yourself and to you know, grow as an organizer or, you know, as a social mobilizer. Uh, we have a West African dance class, a virtual one on February 9th. That should be really, really dope. Um, a Black Liberation and Mental Health Wellness Circle on uh, February 18th. Um, and that, you know, I think is going to provide a lot of community unpacking of racialized um, and social trauma that we've experienced throughout the, um, the year. Uh, and I can imagine that, you know, psychology students and sociology students will probably take advantage of that. Um, what, what else do we have? We have um, the Fraternity and Sorority Life Office. They're hosting um, a few different uh, movies. Um, a Night in Miami will be a film showing um, that they're showing and that's, you know, thing with uh, uh, Malcolm X and Friends. Um, School Days will be shown, you know, with Lawrence Fishburne and um, the Spike Lee movie. That's gonna be shown. Um, out of the fraternity and sorority life office. Of course, we have a variety of um, uh, uh, basketball games, really trying to get students to uh, show camaraderie, you know, and school spirit, because that's, that's, a, that's a part of black history is just community building and showing up. Um, and I think just for students in general, knowing that, um, that the athletic program is a part of the Black History Month calendar will hopefully make them feel more compelled to tune in um, you know, and s support virtually. Um, so yeah, as you can see, you know, we have a variety of um, stuff going on. Um, what I'm most excited about is uh, what's coming out of the Latino Resource Center. It's called Of the Diaspora, African and Latinx Cultural Histories. And the goal of this is really to merge um, uh, cultural experiences between Black people and the Lat Latinx people on campus and to show that um, we have so many more similarities than we do have, than we do have differences. Um, and in fact, you know, you can be uh, Latinx or Latino, Latina and black. Um, and those histories are often um, ignored from Black History Month programming for you know, divisive reasons. So, um, but yeah, all of the events are gonna be really special. Hopefully by Thursday of this week, um, you know, the, um, the finalized uh, calendar will be distributed um, via email to all students and staff and faculty. Um, but yeah, it's going to, it's going to be a special month. And and we in the athletic department will do our part certainly to, to share the calendar and make sure that everyone who's plugged into Chicago state athletics, which includes probably anyone who's listening right now is aware of what's happening and can participate. Now you listed a lot of great events. There's one in particular that I want to zone in on, 
and that's the mental health wellness circle because that's such a big aspect of this, right? We read and we watch and we hear the horrible violence that happened, right? That's been happening for centuries, but Mm -hmm. everything that's been in the news even the last year, that's physical violence. That's horrible to watch. But what's much less covered is the mental violence, right? And the mental toll on everyone that this has taken. So I'd love if, if you could share your thoughts on, on the importance of that mental health event. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. It's going to be facilitated by um, a psychologist named Dr. Obari Cartman. He is the uh, director, uh, I'm sorry, the, the um, president of the Association of Black Psychologists, the Chicago chapter, um, and a very, very dedicated community-centered therapist. Um, but the actual healing circle, um, the aim of it is to promote uh, you know, group intimacy. You know, um, if we look at, let's say, traditional therapy, right, which is very important. Everybody, you know, should seek therapy. Um, in fact, we have a fantastic counseling department, shout out to Dr. Bridges Carter, um, who, you know, gives free therapy to students on campus. Um, But when you infuse group therapy, you're able to share in not just psychological healing, but emotional closeness with people who experience similar things. And it's just a different type of magic that takes place. You know, you can imagine, um, let's say, and what we've been through this year was traumatic by, you know, I mean, by every stretch of the definition, um, you know, we've experienced trauma. But for some reason, I'm thinking about um, child soldiers. You know, if you're a child soldier and you seek therapy, um, it's one thing to go to a psychologist who may or may not share the same type of cultural competencies with you. You sit in a chair, you know, you unpack some of your grief with um, a therapist and that's good. But when you're surrounded by other child soldiers in a circular setting where people can cry, people can, you know, joke, people can um, exchange experiences, uh, that's, that, it's healing. It's really, really dope. Um, so to know that Black folks, we've experienced, you know, um, the virtual violence is, is, is special. You know, it is, it is a different type of um, problem that we're dealing with when you can go on your phone and see somebody who looks like you um, die and then you go to class (laughs) or then you go eat. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the way that we're um, packing in this type of trauma, um, I can imagine that it's irreparable damage. But if there is one positive to take out of this experience is the fact that we can rely on each other, you know, so the the, the need for Black um, group therapeutic spaces and of course, you know, I think this piece is, I mean, all of these events are open to everybody, but you know, um, you know, we want to emphasize the need for racial healing for black folks. Um, I think it's going to be very special, you know, and everybody who's connected to black people, um, it'll be something that they're able to, um, you know, participate in and, and understand more on a deep level, um, the baggage that we, you know, that we carry and that we're, um, you know, so resilient with, you know, navigating with, so. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Uh, right? The great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said yeah. that. It, it's something that has stood out to me and I think really hits home what this is all about. And the last year has only exacerbated that. 
right? When you see someone, especially who looks like you, being beaten up by a cop, that's, that's crazy injustice. But people like me have to realize that's a threat to justice everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, that someone else could experience that injustice, even if it's not your brother or your dad or your uncle mm-hmm. or someone who looks remotely like you. Mm-hmm. That's on. an existential, existential threat. So uh, I, I commend you for the work you've done in putting together this calendar. It's wonderful. I've had the joy of being behind the scenes with you on, on, a, on some Zoom calls and, and hearing the committee piece together some of these items, including what, what I think is very powerful in the tagline of the entire Chicago State Black History Month calendar of we shall not be moved. Mm. That is a perfect reflection of this last year and the moment in black history. And I think you delivered that eloquently. So Aremu, thank you for coming on the podcast. Now, last thing I want from you is for anyone listening, whether it's a Chicago State student or a parent or just a member of the community or someone who has very little ties to Chicago State who's just interested, how can they learn more and maybe participate in the calendar you've put together? Oh, um, well, it's going to be easy for uh, students who are, um, or for anybody who's involved in uh, the campus community. If you have a Chicago State University email, um, you will be, you know, I mean, we're going to be emailing, uh, uh, we're going to be, we're going to be email blasting the um, details to each event all throughout the month. Um, this month, uh, this week, we're going to have the, um, the calendar officially blasted. Um, but all throughout February, um, you know, we're going to have each event marketed in an appropriate amount of time so people can um, tune in. But if you're not receiving those emails, you can follow, um, I mean, two Instagram pages that will, you know, do a good job in marketing and branding these events. The first one is CSU underscore get involved. And it's the primary student activities Instagram page. Um, the, the next one is the A-A-M-R-C X Tembo, T-E-M-B-O. And that's my Instagram page. And, um, you know, likewise, I will be, you know, showing um, or marketing all of the events. If not, you know, you can just find me and email me and I'll be happy to, um, you know, direct you to where, where the events are going to be taking place um, virtually. So, um, yeah, yeah. And listeners of the podcast, I got you covered. If you didn't have time to write that down, I'll make sure I link both of those Instagram pages and and put a link to the calendar in the podcast description. So you can also cheat and go into the description and and click on some of those links to learn more, to participate. The great Aremu Mbande, thanks for a fulfilling conversation and, and for teaching me a little more about what you've got planned. Come on. Thank you, Sam, for having me. I'll talk to you later. I sincerely thank Aremu Mbande not only for putting together such a great calendar and sharing this moment in Black History and Black History Month with the entire Chicago State community, but also for enlightening me. So this has been the first edition of the Shy State Pod Black History Month series. We'll have another one next week. In the meantime, be healthy, be safe, and I'll talk to you soon. I'm Sam Brief. Adios. <laughs>